Before we get started, please don't forget to share this with your friends and tell them the work we are doing. We would love to hear from more people and get more people involved. Enough from me. Here's the podcast where actually you're going to hear more of me. A Dadsnet original podcast. Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Paul. We're the Atwell Bryces and this is Disability, The podcast for parents with children who have disabilities. We're the proud dads of two sets of identical twins, Lance and Lawson, our youngest. And Levi and Lucas, our older twins, who are diagnosed with autism and epilepsy, amongst other disabilities. In Disability, we'll be helping you with tips and recommendations. And we'll be speaking to special guests. And most of all, you'll hear that you are not alone in your journey. Hello and welcome back to the Disability Podcast. Now I'm starting first today, and some of you might not know who I am. I'm Paul. Hi everybody, so uh, welcome back. So, um, coming up soon, we're going to the Butterfly Ball, which is the Cordwell Children's Charity. We'll have spoke about them before, we're ambassadors for that charity. But they provide a lot of equipment for disabled children, but they also uh, diagnose autism. Um, so if you're struggling to get a diagnosis of autism, you can go to them. But also they, they, they help lots of different disabilities. There's, there's lots of different rare disabilities, different, they help everybody. So check them out. And I know we talk a lot about their butterfly ball because yes, it is a huge event and it is spectacular. But what the heart of the event is all about it's the children isn't it michael well yeah so we went to last year's one and it raised 1.5 million pound now peanuts to some people peanuts yeah but that would provide duncan a, lo- <laughs> a lot of don't yeah but duncan duncan uh, duncan's that, not tight no he, he we love duncan yeah, he's he, always throwing his hand up in the yeah. air he bought a hundred thousand pounds <laughs> worth of electric wheelchairs last time and that's only five electric wheelchairs, so the 20 grand each. You know, we've met, can I just tell you a bit of a story with Duncan? So obviously we know Duncan and his wife, Nagora, very well. Uh, the very first time I met Duncan, we actually had Levi Lucas with us, didn't we, Michael? Yeah, the butterfly ball, yeah. And um, he came straight over to us and he was asking us loads of questions about the boys because it was a big event. There were cameras everywhere. There were people everywhere. Levi and Lucas were in the buggies and we were trying to talk to people. And Levi was just constantly flapping and Duncan was saying to me, so why does he do this? And what is he asking you for? I said, well, to be honest, Duncan, he's just asked me if you could lend him a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> and those were my first words to Duncan. And then because obviously we were just so down to earth, I think that relationship has formed quite well. And I think, you know, just because people have loads of money doesn't make them best than anybody no, else. No, they have some great and how we act is how they? we are there, yeah. Yeah, like Will Neely of Foresight. So oh, Bruce, she is and just, Bruce, she so was just beautiful. Will Neely still supports the Cordwell Children's Charity, doesn't she, as And well? I always can appreciate a beautiful woman, and Will Neely is just to die for when she was talking to us. And she yeah. asked me over to a table for a drink, which I didn't have time to do, and I was gutted about that because she wanted me to go and have, and have a drink with her. I thought she was coming on to me at one point. <laughs> but, <laughs> these ladies do tend to like me. I don't know why. Maybe they feel a bit safe. I don't know. Um, but back to what we are doing today on the podcast. We have a very, very, I would say, heartfelt, realistic interview yeah. with Naomi. 
Yeah, uh, so Naomi, um, she's got her Instagram account, which is Living With My Hero. Um, her son has got a really rare genetic disorder. Um, so that's a great interview coming up. But now. She talks very openly about his epilepsy and for me in particular, as well as you, Michael, yeah. it resonated and it gives me a, some kind of comfort to know that. We, we're not we, I mean, by ourselves, although we know that. Yeah. Although just, we've been living and breathing it for so many years. Yeah. We're still learning stuff ourselves. So VNS surgery, what Ethan's had done, Naomi's son, we've always been, we've spoke to other parents and, and their children's had it done and it's not been very successful. Well, Naomi says it's been really successful with Ethan. So it's nice to hear that because uh, Levi has been offered that surgery because how difficult to manage his epilepsy is. But to us, it's another operation. It's a, a for, it were a foreign object inside his body. And it's just the another whole, anaesthetic. Another anaesthetic, which just scares me to death. And, you know, but... And in fact, have a listen to this interview with Naomi. She's today's guest, and it's just a wonderful interview. Well, first of all, on the Dipability podcast, um, we want to talk about what's been in the news this week, and we've actually done some filming for ITV News about this today. Um, it's a new campaign coming out called A Life Less Ordinary, launched by You Can Adopt. Now, this is to encourage people to think differently about adoption, because the issue is children that wait the longest for a permanent home are children with disabilities and children from eth ethnic minority groups. So children with a disability, like Levi and Lucas, wait on average 11 months longer than a mainstream child to get adopted. That's just, just terrible. And children Absolutely with an ethnic terrible. minority, so black and Asian children are a different minority, wait another three months longer to get adopted. Now we know this firsthand as foster carers and adopters, that it's a lot harder to get children with additional needs adopted. And obviously this campaign is going to try and break that down, which we feel we're going to be on ITV News about this. It's going to highlight it, isn't it? That's what Yeah, it's and actually some disabled children never get adopted. We were speaking to a foster carer over the day. She's had this child with a disability who's a lovely child since four months old. And he's, he's, he or tried to, they tried to get him adopted. They tried really hard to find him a forever home. And he's ended up having to stay in long-term foster care because nobody come forward for him. And that's a common story at the moment. And it's going to be a very topical debate, this as well. And I just think, you know, more work needs to be done on this 100%. Yeah, I mean, we know this this topic inside out. Obviously, Paul were in foster care, children's home, and was adopted himself. And, and were, obviously on mixed race as well. Yeah, and he were a large sibling group. And... And they wait the longest, but... I'm half Italian. Yeah. Disabled children, yeah, wait 11 months longer. It's just like... I'm not. I'm half Asian. I'm winding you up. They're really wanting to push that and get these children forever homes so they're not staying in the system in, in long-term foster care or, sadly, in some cases, in residential care as well. But it's just very difficult. It's a very difficult situation to be in, you know... I can understand local authorities, you know, doing all they can. And, but if people aren't coming forward. But we had some really good news this week about Levi. So I don't know if we spoke about it previous on the podcast with Levi's weight. 
Um, the last time we were weighed a few months ago, the dietitian said he'd lost weight. And we she's, were mortified. She's been recently. And is it gaining, it's been gaining two pound a week, is it? Which is two bags of sugar. Yeah. A week. We are delighted. So absolutely delighted. All that hard work is yeah. paying off. We really had to like change everything. So I now feed Levi in a separate room. It's quiet. Um, cause it is difficult to feed. Um, he has to have four fiber drinks a day, which is on it on from the NHS on prescription, which are like high calorie drinks, 310 calories a drink. We feel like we're just pumping stuff into him all the time, don't we? But it's working and we want him to get that weight gain because it helps his body obviously to know he's got some defense mechanism as well. But we, you know, it's been hard work for us. That There's no yeah. hiding from that whatsoever because as if life isn't full on enough, you have to then deal with this yeah. and make this a priority and make make it kind of the focal point of everything yeah. we do. But we are delighted. And obviously it's not long till we go away on holiday as well to give the boys yeah. the best experience ever. So we're going to have to cut all the fibre drinks with us, but... Um, 10 cases. We're taking 10 cases. <laughs> yeah, And those, those are just and mine. The, and the big ones as well. <laughs> those are just for my shoes. I think we've said before, haven't we, though, that then you come home with, like, em- you've got empty cases. Then, so I love it when we yeah. come in home with empty cases, because what does that mean, Michael? We go shopping. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, so, yeah, we're really pleased with Levi. I mean, his new regime now is... It's a lot to fit in. His fiber drinks, including his breakfast, dinner, tea, puddings. nappies, wipes, syringes. You know, it's just so much. And uh, we we've kind of been doing stories on our Instagram up with this, and we've been getting a lot of people getting in touch with us about it and how do we do it. But but it's just preparation and a lot's asked about this. The it uh, will all be worth it when yeah. Levi and Lucas are there. Yeah, and we will be showing you all how much they love it. It's that time when you think all that stress of getting everything over to America, Mm. this is why it's worth it. Loads have been asking about the specialist insurance. So if you've ever got to get specialist insurance and declare medical conditions, obviously whatever you declare bumps the price up. And a lot goes down to if they've been hospitalized in the last 12 months, which Levi and Lucas Luckily, I haven't. We've managed them at home with rescue medications and stuff. But you have to like put how many drugs they're on for their epilepsy, how many seizures they've had, blah blah blah. And we got a, we got the cheapest price we've ever got. Actually, it was three hundred and something pound. That's for all six of us with all the boys' conditions and drugs counted in. We've we've paid over a thousand pound before for insurance. For Just for Levi. Yeah. So it was. I think it was called. Uh, stay safe insurance um because a few people's been asking where do we get their insurance from and you can go through like compare the market and moneysupermarket.com and stuff and you just have to you do have to declare everything if they have been hospitalized don't hide no. anything this is the time when so you it'll just come have and buy to be, it, won't it? Yeah. yeah we were talking about this last night but you do friends. have to shop about you can't you know hide anything with insurance you just have to give worst case scenario to know that if anything happens, you are covered. It's like the bottles of meds, isn't it? So we've just had like extra prescriptions from the doctors because we're going to take a few bottles of each medication because if a suitcase goes missing, if when I'm drawing the meds up, I drop it and it smashes and we're out there and we can't get hold of it. We've had to like really like make sure everything's right with that, haven't we? But we're uh, starting to pack this week and we're looking forward to it now, aren't we? 
And coming up next on the Differability Podcast is the interview with Naomi and her son, Ethan. Have a listen to this. So welcome back to the Differability Podcast. And today we have a really beautiful lady who's got a great story to tell us. And we are so excited about that because on the Differability Podcast, we like so many different families to join us and talk about their experiences about parenting, children with special needs and severe health complex needs and all those kind of things. Naomi, hi, it's really good to see you. Hi guys, so excited and, to be here. And I know we have spoken through yeah. social media quite a few times and stuff and we follow each other's journey and we yeah. kind of, you know, SEM parents that when they need a bit of advice or whatever, we kind yeah. of reach out. But I want a lot of our listeners to find out about you. So just explain your situation to all those that are going to be listening to this. Yeah, so um, I've got a 12-year-old son called Ethan, and he's got a rare genetic disorder, which basically um, causes severe and hard-to-control epilepsy. So that's sort of the main issue that he's got from that. But he's also got global developmental delay. So at the age of 12, he's still kind of like a six-month-old um like developmentally um, and then along the way he's kind of picked up sort of different things like you know we've got issues with spine uh, he's got a feeding tube um so yeah so Ethan is the happiest child you'll meet um we didn't know um anything you know about his genetic disorder he was three days yeah three days old when he had his first seizure um, and that was kind of like the first glimpse of anything um you know before that we we knew nothing um and it's it's been a long journey to get him a diagnosis um he was nearly two before we kind of had that um and then so yeah so we've kind of for the last 12 years been sort of documenting his journey yeah uh, i find sort of writing and vlogging as you guys probably do a bit like therapy um and that's kind of helped to not only for myself but to like educate family and friends as well yeah as to like what we go through on a daily basis um and i think unless you're in that situation you're never fully going to understand it but the more you know we can spread awareness and share sort of even day-to-day like issues or like celebrations as well um you know it's not just about the doom and the gloom for me and like I love to show like the fun things we get up to as well so that's kind of us and sort of where we are um so yeah I think that that's the thing isn't it with SEN parents you know when you're talking to another one because they just get it with like the sleep deprivation I know recently we've been talking about how much stuff we're going to have to take with us on holiday and all the (laughs) nappies and the medicines and how much the insurances and everything like that so much comes with it but you'll only actually have a a conversation with another SEM parent it's only that time that they actually understand you can you can tell people with mainstream children or family and friends but sometimes unless you're living and breathing it you just don't get it do you no and I think I think that's the thing isn't it like we've got such a lovely community but it's not just about like us guys it's about everyone else understanding that journey as yeah. well 
You know I, what I, I love, I love about what you say. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. That you uh, are quite open about your journey with your son, and you see it as therapy. That is something I'm always saying about us as a family. I think by being so open, transparent, and honest about the ups and downs really helps us mentally as well. Just by sharing, and it, for us, and I'm sure you would agree on this, it, it's it's about talking although you're just sharing on social media you feel like you're talking to people and people are just often just kind of being there for you and those kind of things because you know parenting children with severe complex health needs is very very intense there's no question about it whatsoever and I always say you know it's like a roller coaster and I think you'd agree with this the highs are really high but then suddenly you can just drop and then But for me, hearing and speaking to other families where they have children with epilepsy, I always personally get so much comfort from this as well. Yeah, yeah we're not. Feel like you're not on your own. Yeah. Um, you know, because it is everyone's journey is different, but yeah. you're you are going through the same things, and then you feel like you're not silly for feeling the way you're feeling, or you know. Um, dealing with things the way you deal with things. I, I still, I still believe to this day, um, a lot of work in the wider community needs to be done with regards to epilepsy. I think a lot of people know the word epilepsy and they just presume, oh, did they have a seizure? Well, life actually is not like that with epilepsy. Yeah. The, the severity and the dangers and the risks and you know, what we, what we all face as parents is unbelievable. And yeah. the, the stress and the worry, obviously, as well, it's yeah. just so intense. Yeah, and I think what we, we've not spoke about this on this podcast yet, Naomi, what we want to speak to you about is the uh, VNS surgery and how long has Ethan had that in and a bit of background about that as well. Yeah, um, so the VNS, so for those that don't know, it's a vagal nerve stimulator. Um, it's basically a tiny disc, um, I would say about the size of a two pound coin. And it sits in the chest um, and it attaches with a wire um, to the vagus, vagal nerve in your neck. Um, and what that does is it works like a pacemaker, but for the brain rather than the heart. So it sends signals um, up to the brain um, and there's so many different settings, but I'll go through Ethan's settings in a minute, um, to basically limit seizure activity in the brain. Um, So Ethan had his device fitted five years ago and it has been amazing. I cannot tell you like how amazing it's been. And so when we were like first told about it, we thought our aim was to get the device in and be able to limit and reduce all his medicines um, and come off medicines and you know that would the device would take over in reality that's not happened um however what it's done for us is um limit the severity of his seizures so although he's still having daily seizures and it's still very much present and has changed since he's had the seizures, uh, since he's had the VNS, sorry. Um, it's meant that we've be a- been able to give him less rescue medicine. Um, so he, yeah, so he went from having bigger seizures to smaller seizures, and now those are more, more frequent but less severe, basically. 
And do you mind me asking what medication is he on for his epilepsy? Yep, so he's on Keppra and um, Epilim. Um, and he's very drug sensitive. We have to go with the named brands. We can't go with... Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys find that too. Generic. Yeah. Yeah. Any, we always find with the boys, any generic brand just does not work. But they did it once. Yeah. They do it at the chemist sometimes, don't they? They still give you the yeah. generic brand when it says that it's a branded one. It's like, what are you playing at? They need yeah. to have a certain brand. And I think like the boys are really sensitive to... Although it's the same, supposed to be the same medication, they're slightly like tweaked and different, aren't they? And yeah. it just, we have, we have that with the boys. So all their epilepsy yeah. meds are branded, aren't they? And they specifically, like the neurologists, re request the, the yeah. branded medicines, don't they? Yeah. To make sure that the pharmacists don't try and just give you any old generic. But it has to be on the prescription, doesn't it, yeah. for them yeah. to get that um, it's dear, yeah. And mine was the fight with the doctor. So although the hospital and the neurologist had done it, and then the doctor was like, yeah, but this one's more expensive. And I'm like, yeah. but would you rather he had that and had less ambulances? Or would yeah. you, you know, you know what I mean? It's like swings and roundabouts. Um, so, yeah, so he's on. And then he takes, when he's poorly, a three-day dose of clobazam. Yeah. Um, so that kind of covers him when he's poorly, um, but he can only do that once a month. Um, and then obviously his rescue meds sort of on top of that. He can, he can, only, he can only do, did you say, he can only do the clobazam once a month? Yeah, so it's just like a three-day dose on top of like his normal medication. That's what Lee has isn't it, yeah, but we're allowed to use it more frequent than that, aren't we? Yeah. But I don't know if it's like dependent on their age and whatever drugs they're on and everything else, isn't it? Possibly, yeah. So we because have relied a lot on the VNS, which has been amazing. Um, and so, so we we did three years of no med change at all. Um, once the VNS went in, and he was at the same levels of um, like what he started when he had the VNS. And so for him growing up, so he went through sort of like nine, ten, eleven, um, without any changes at all. Um, yeah. which is obviously massive yeah. um, and then we are finding now because he's all you know coming up to those teenage years that we are having to we have had to change a few medicines and obviously add in the clobazam so back to the vns how long will he have that for how long does that stay inside his body for then so you can have that forever yeah right yeah um and it's so it comes with a magnet um, which you swipe across his chest. So it goes off in the background all the time, um, sends the shocks to whatever it's been um, set up to. Now, it took us about a year to get to the right levels of um, therapy for him. Yeah. And then the when he's having a seizure, you use the magnet to go across the VNS and it basically kicks in at a stronger rate. Um, but the device is amazing because it can it can go off on its own. So if it detects a high heart rate or detects a seizure starting, then it will go off on its own before we've even got the magnet. I'm really pleased we've spoke to you about this because yeah. Levi's been offered it. Yeah. And all we've heard from other parents is negatives. Yeah. You know, from, from other SEM parents where the children's had it fitted and we've not, uh, we've not heard much positive. So it's nice to hear a success sort yeah. of story and that it can work. But it's just, it's hard, isn't it, as parents to put them through another operation and you've got to, like, weigh up the odds. And yeah. um, when we tried Levi, obviously we fought for Levi, the cannabis oil, and he got the Epidiolex, and we thought that's going to be a miracle drug. It's going to improve it so much. And it, and it did help a little bit, but 
it still like struggles every day with his epilepsy. Um, so we're still looking into other options, aren't we? And it was nice to hear a, a story where it's been really helpful. I've just got a question, Naomi, which I want to ask yeah. from our point of view. Uh, the VNS, you mentioned that if it it can detect a seizure and will automatically kick in itself. So here's my question. At night time when he's sleeping, Ethan is sleeping, yeah. does that give you extra comfort during the nights if he's having any night seizures to know that that extra support from the VNS is there, knowing that that would automatically kick in without you thinking, oh my gosh, he's having a seizure, we need to run in and help and assist and sort everything out, or if you hear any noises, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it does give, I mean, we, we've got him hooked up to like a heart rate monitor because for him, um, the change in heart rate kind yeah. of indicates a seizure for him. So we know. But yeah, it certainly definitely um, gives you that peace of mind that if I'm not quick enough or I'm dealing with one of the other kids, I, you yeah. know, then it, it's, it's helping on its own as well. Um, and we do find it's that magnet doesn't always help with the bigger seizures helps more with the smaller seizures so yeah. although it's going off um like the actual magnet extra swipe doesn't do a lot more than what it would do anyway and you know naomi by having this fitted is there any extra like restrictions or things that it it prevents you from doing or anything like that no, so the only thing you can't do is go in um, some MRI machines. And other than that, um, he's absolutely fine to do everything. So I think it took, um, when he first had it in, about six weeks before he could get back to sort of normal activities. But he can swim with it. Um, and actually, the magnet is waterproof. So you can use it in the, like if he's swimming or shower. Um, so you don't need to worry about that. It's a very easy piece of equipment to have basically we have to go um and have the rates looked at um sort of every few months it was quite a lot more regular to start off with so that is sort of one downside that you do have to to get to the right levels you would have to have that done first but in terms of the actual operation as well it's very um it's non-invasive um so he ethan's got like um a cut in his chest and a cut in his neck um they literally slot slot it in pop in um the wires and then obviously because it's battery operated the only thing then um that they need to do is change the battery um which he had done april this year and that's yeah. the first battery so it lasted five years and all they do then is go back in in the same scar take the battery pack off put a new one on and it no, was but when they when they change the battery that's still another anesthetic though isn't it yeah unfortunately yeah so that's another one however they're only he was only under for a maximum of about 15 minutes yeah um so it's not a huge amount of general anesthetic but you probably find seizures increase with general anesthetics like we do yeah um, and then it's that whole recovery um thing but yeah that's only two for the vns sort of in five years um and with, uh, you know, aside from the vns were it ever spoken about the brain surgery or were it for that or won't that help his type of epilepsy no so before they did the vns they sent him for like a two-week um sort of like investigations they kept him in hospital had the eeg um 
like monitors on, did MRI scans. And basically for Ethan, he is, um, is mostly in his temporal lobe, but also is global as well. So to remove the temporal lobes, um, which is obviously your memory function, um, it wasn't feasible for him. Um, so yeah, so yeah. surgery wasn't an option really. Um, this was our own option. So Ethan is not your only child, is he? No, so I've got a four-year-old as well. Um, and then I've got a stepdaughter who is nearly nine. Michael, the reason I ask this, my question is, so how do the other children cope when they see Ethan having seizures? And because obviously they grow up with this and it's part yeah. of their life. I am so keen to hear about this because obviously, you know, we have the younger two who are four. Yeah. And they see the boys, but they're still not quite at that age where they can kind of you know, just think program it in their brains. Kim, Kim as babies, it's all they've ever known, into. And how yeah. do your other siblings cope with Ethan when he's poorly? Yeah, so Florrie's still the same as like your boys at the moment, that she's, you know, it's just kind of like, I, she doesn't really know what's going on. But because Dakota's nearly nine now and she's, we've, um, yeah, so she was two when she first met Ethan. And she, it was so funny. I always remember when um, we had an ambulance turn up when she was there and she was like, she just looked and she was like, okay, and just shrugged her shoulders because for her, it wasn't anything out of the norm. Like there was a, there was an ambulance and all these people in her front room, like trying to help her brother. But for yeah. her, she was just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But now they notice more so he tends to have loads of big episodes overnight and then we end up going into hospital and when they wake up in the morning he's not here and so I think for Dakota it's quite hard to wake up and he's not here and she you know gets upset about that but she's brilliant with him they know how to use his magnet and um, they they love sort of helping with his water feeds like giving for his tube um and they love um telling people about ethan as well which i love yeah um, like this is my big brother um you know he's he's disabled that's what they say um and then that's that's their conversation like he's their big brother you know yeah they, no matter what so but they're brilliant with him absolutely brilliant with him and did you say naomi so um Ethan's peg fed is he as well? So, um, yes, yeah, so he's different again on this. So he eats orally, um, yeah. but all fluids and medicines go through his peg. So we right. found he was little. We just, he just wasn't bothered by drinking. Um, we couldn't yeah. get any type of fluid in. Um, so we switched. So they offered a peg, um, which actually helped with his oral feeding. Um, so, yeah, he eats a lot better now um, than he ever did. Um, tell us about Ethan's personality uh, he's very Happy. cheeky yeah Ethan's very cheeky um so he's non-verbal but um the understanding is hilarious sometimes so if I do something wrong so if I attach his tube to him and it's not quite attached and then I squirt the water in and it goes all over him he'll laugh at me um he'll laugh when somebody farts he thinks that's <laughs> hilarious um yeah if we do things wrong um he's also the biggest flirt in the world um wherever we go he's trying to get his hand up ladies skirts and i'm like <laughs> sorry because <laughs> he sticks his arms out like an airplane and i'm like you know i like even we you put your arms in now and he's laughing his head off in the middle of 
like wherever we are um so yeah he's very cheeky he's very happy he's very chilled yeah. um, and he, he doesn't let a lot bother him at all how have um, you found like the wider society facilities and help and support for you guys Naomi so as as he's got older it's now become harder for me to take him out on my own because I physically can't lift him out of the house and um, we use hoists inside the house and so when we go out um nowhere has got a hoist nowhere's got um like changing facilities um that I can then lift him well we use a hoist to get him onto so our days out yeah. are now planned around having that accessible changing places toilet now mm. as you guys know they're far and few between um, and actually we live um so we live in somerset which is kind of in the middle of nowhere we live in a small town which has nothing absolutely nothing so i can't even nip to the cinema with him for yeah more than three hours because he needs his pad changing um so that's becoming increasingly harder to get to just do normal things just go to the shops um our local asda has got one now um but i can go and do the food shop but i can't go and have a cup of coffee because that's you know so it's great that they've got one but we haven't got anything else to be able to do anything else and it's nowhere near the town center i've got the changing places or the wheelchair trolley no they've got both so they've got um a changing places toilet um but our asda is not in town yeah um, so we, our local supermarket in town because we're, we're only in a small place we're yeah. not in a big place um it's, it's really see obviously our boys have some mobility but majority of the time where they're epilepsy and stuff and they have got like poor mobility they're in the chairs but yeah. it's really restricting into it boy with the lack of facilities like the changing places and inclusive park equipment as well. Do you, do you find that a struggle as well? Yeah, so parks. And I find it really hard like um, with the other children as well. Yeah, the yeah. girls love the park and they just want to go and play. Yeah. And if I do say, yeah, let's go to the park when I've got Ethan, he just sits there and like... So yeah. I always try to take bubbles so that I am kind of feel like I'm doing something with him yeah. because I can't lift him onto a swing anymore or I can't put him on a... Well, there isn't anything. There is nothing he can do in the park. Um, so I have been speaking to our local council who are redoing one of the parks in town, um, like the biggest biggest um, one. Um, sorry, my daughter's <laughs> whining in the background. Um, and hoping that they're going to be able to put something in um, that will be more accessible. Yeah. Um, so it don't matter who we speak to on this, it, it, in whatever part of the country, everybody's saying the same, like the lack of changing facilities, changing places, inclusive park equipment. Um, it's just so wrong, isn't it, that much more aren't being done now. I mean, we know like places like Tesco have put a lot of changing places into their supermarkets, but you don't go to a supermarket to have fun with your kids, do you? You need um, there needs to be there need to be at the parks and like we've been to Alton Towers a few times and they've got four now. Well, Alton Towers from you is miles away. But then, but then some, some, about, some haven't got any of them. And it's like yeah. this, this is why we advocate so hard to this, yeah. and highlighting this issue and how it affects families and why it is needed all the time and why the inclusion is so important. But, you, you know, 
I feel like we're going to have you back on at some point as well, Naomi, because oh, I think your story, your story is very, very heartwarming and very, very inspiring. And well, it, talking yeah. to you, I get a lot of reassurance from that as well. So I just want you to know that too. We because, all learn, don't we? Like, yeah. we, we've been, it's nice to hear about the VNS, isn't it, and the positives and... But if, if people want to find you, Naomi, your, your Instagram's Living With My Hero, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Living With My Hero. And then you have a YouTube as well. Is that the same? Well, yeah, I've got a YouTube. I've only managed <laughs> to find the time to do one, one That's video. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's so time-consuming, isn't it? Let's alone dealing yeah. with the kids and, you know, to try and keep everybody, you know... Sorry. Engage with you. Don't worry, our life is normally like this. But on this note, Naomi, we're going to say thank you so much for joining the Diffability Podcast. Honestly, it's been an honour to listen to your story and find out, you know, how hard you're working because, you know, I resonate with so much what you say all the time. And I know so many families listening to this will do as well. But on that note, you know, if you find Naomi on social media, please do follow her. It's an amazing platform for what she's showcasing. And this is why so many families do come together to help and support each other. But thank you very much, Naomi, for joining us this morning on the Disability Podcast. So we hope you've uh, enjoyed this podcast, our Dad's Net original podcast, Diffability. And please don't forget to like, rate, share and review. Yeah, we've podcast. had some nice reviews in there lately. We, we need some more reviews coming in. Yeah, we've had some we've had some good ones coming in saying they like the content and stuff. We just want to get this out there, reach the right parents. So if you can share it on any... Uh, disability additional needs groups you're on on social media um get it out there for us a bit more epilepsy action actually retweeted um, last week's episode for us which was with chris with epilepsy um so you can like catch up on the old episodes there's quite a few on now uh, we're covering a lot more topics and different disabilities so we're looking forward to that and thank you for listening and we will speak to you all on the next episode of the disability podcast